Good morning, everyone. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be exceedingly glad in it. I'm Anthony Moore. I serve as the senior pastor at Carolina Church located in Fort Washington, Maryland. You are on the Carolina Prayer Call line. Honored to have you be a part of the audience on today. I have been working on this whole concept and idea um, as I try to impart um, biblical truths and thoughts about God's Word into our very lives. I was talking about this whole idea around conscience, and um, we walked away from our last lesson, um, several lessons, learning that a good conscience is powered by the Holy Spirit, that it is set by the Word of God, and that a good conscience is cleansed by the blood of Jesus. We, in our last setting, um, came to the conclusion and worked through the whole idea that a good conscience is powered by the Holy Spirit, it is set by the Word of God, and it is cleansed by the blood of Jesus. On today, what I want to do is give an example of how God will awaken and convict us in our conscience. I want to give that example of how God awakens and convicts us of our conscience. Um, if you all are having a problem, if you all are having a problem hearing me, I just want somebody to text me to let me know that I am being heard, that I am being heard, that I'm being heard. I want to make sure that I'm being heard. If someone could give send me a text, those of you who might be, who would have uh, my number to connect me, hit me real quickly, let me know. I want to make sure that I'm being heard by you all. Um, if there's any technical difficulties any technical difficulties. Let me continue um, with the idea that, um, all right, let me just see. I got a text here. Let me just make sure that you all are hearing me okay. I can hear. Okay, good, great. All right, good, all right, good. So I just wanted to make sure. Got it. All righty. Several of you all are texting me. Thank you so very much. Appreciate you. Let me continue. Let me uh, Today I want to give this example then of when God awakens and convicts us, when he awakens us and convicts us in our conscience, what does that look like? And, uh, Pastor, is there an example that we can look at and see in the Word of God how that works? So uh, I want to give that example on today. If you all remember, uh, there's a passage of Scripture in Genesis 37. I, I recommend you all reading that, Genesis 37. It's about Joseph. Joseph was um, a dearly beloved son of his father, Jacob. Um, if you all remember, uh, um, and you may not, but let me just tell you that when you look at the fathers of the ministry, you've got Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So Joseph was a, a beloved son of his father, Jacob. However, his brothers hated him because he was so loved. They not only hated him because he was so loved by his father, but they also hated him because of his 
dreams. And so the story will tell us, if you read Genesis 37, it will tell us that Joseph was thrown into a pit by his brothers and sold into slavery. And those persons who they sold him to took him to a place called Egypt. Upon their arrival back to their father, they told their dad that he had been eaten by a um, by an animal, um, and that's in Genesis thirty-seven. Now, while Joseph was there, though in Egypt, God blessed Joseph and raised him up so that he became the governor at the right hand of Pharaoh, with authority over the whole land of Egypt. Um. All that time, I do want you all to know that um, Joseph had some issues that came up, that were hiccups, that got, but he ultimately ended up in a place where he, in fact, was given responsibility that was major. He was second to Pharaoh, and so he sat on the right hand of Pharaoh, given the authority over the whole land of Egypt. Now, Joseph lived a godly life. But the brothers had lived ungodly lives. And these brothers were men whose word could not be trusted. They were prone to violence. They were sexually out of control. They were capable of lying, even to the father who loved them, in order to cover up their own sin. Now, the question is, how can a person who has betrayed trust, lied, broken promises, and deceive even their own loved ones come to share in the blessings of God? How can a person who's betrayed trust, who's lied, broken promises, and deceive even their own loved ones come to share in the blessings of God? Hope begins for these brothers and hope begins for us when God awakens the conscience and God does that in this story in four ways, in four ways. He does it in four ways. Number one, he does it by disturbing the peace. That's number one, by disturbing the peace. God often breaks into our lives through unexpected events that are completely beyond our control. I wanted to say that again. I do want you to please get this. God often breaks into our lives through unexpected events that are completely beyond our control. And this happens to uh, happens rather to the brothers through a famine. This is how God does it. It happened to the brothers through a famine. If you look in Genesis 41 verse 57, just log it in for me. In in Genesis 41 through 57, this is what it says. The famine was severe over all the earth. It was severe. God often does this to get our attention. And I told you all on this past Sunday, for those of you who watch or were part of the Sunday's worship service, that generally God doesn't get our attention until we have experienced some kind of loss. Well, in this instance, God disturbs the peace by sending a famine, and the famine was so severe over all the earth. 
He does that. He did it then to get their attentions. The brothers found themselves in need, and this had not happened to them before. Maybe there are ways in which God is breaking into your life by disturbing your peace. Things seem to be going along well, and then something unexpected, quite beyond your control, happens. Some trouble comes to your family. You're moved from your job. Some kind of secret is revealed. There's an issue with your health. Everything is changed. Life cannot go on as it did before. And through this, but that particular event, God will disturb your peace. And this is the process in which God will sometimes take the trajectory, the path in which he will take in order to get our, our conscience awakened. In order to get it awakened and in order, in order to get us convicted regarding something that we've done or are doing. So number one, he does it by disturbing the peace. Number two, he will do this by arousing memory. Arousing, by arousing a memory. Um, in Genesis 42 and 1, in 42 and 1, when, when Jacob learned that there was grain for sale in Egypt, he said to his sons, why do you look at one another? Why do you look at one another? That's what it says in Genesis 42 and 1. When Jacob learned that there was grain for sale in Egypt, he said to his sons, why do you look at one another? Jacob says the word Egypt, and the brothers are all looking at each other thinking, that's where we sent Joseph. Uh-oh. Come, come, come back. Get, get this, you all. The first way that the Lord awakens our conscience is by disturbing our peace. The sec he, he sends an event that we have no control over. The second thing he does is he arouses our memory. When, when Jacob says the word Egypt, the brothers are all looking at each other and thinking, that's where we sent Joseph. Now, the old man who thinks Joseph is dead, the father who thinks Joseph is dead, um, um, is going to send us to Egypt. Egypt is where we put Joseph. Egypt was the word they never spoke in their home. You know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it had been 20 years since that word had been spoken in that home. And then when, the, when they arrive in Egypt, when they get to Egypt, the brothers are thrown into prison. Now memory is really being aroused. In, in, um, in Genesis 42, verse 21, for no reason we threw our brother in a pit. And now, for no reason, we have been thrown into prison. Do you all see how this is working? God disturbs the peace, and then he starts arousing our memory. And he does that so that our conscience can become awakened and convicted. So in Genesis 42 and 1, they said to one another, in, in truth, we are guilty concerning our brother in that we saw the distress of his soul when he begged us and we did not listen. That is why this distress has come upon us. That's why the distress has come upon us. They said to one another, in truth, we are guilty concerning our brother 
in that we saw the distress of his soul when he begged us, and we did not listen. And now this distress has come upon us. It's all coming back to them now. God brought their past actions to mind, and their own sins are real, alive. They are fresh. They are present. They are present, and, 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 and conscience in them is awakened. They see what God sees, and they know what God knows. I'm going to quit here, but let me show you Genesis 42. Genesis 42, verse 22. Reuben answered them, Did I not tell you not to sin against the boy? But you did not listen. So now there comes a reckoning for his blood. Hey, y'all, I'll pick up here next week if the Lord delays his coming. I, I want to give us this example to show us what God does in, in awakening our conscience and convicting us. So number one, he does it by disturbing the peace. Number two, by arousing a memory. And we're, we're looking at this whole example that Joseph gives unto us. I want, you, I want you all to read Genesis 37 to give foundation for this. And on next week, I'll pick up here and give you the other two pieces to this of how, what God does to arouse our conscience and to convict us of that. All right? I do need you all to help me to pray today um, for persons who are on our healing list, um, even for those names that I don't have that I ought to have. I'm praying for Brother Larry Thomas um, as he goes through therapy and Jackie Thomas in her healing. I'm praying for Deacon Sharon Durham in her continual healing. Brother Gary Davis, who has been diagnosed with cancer. Um, Kareem DuBois, who was scheduled for heart surgery but was delayed due to an extended heart-related issue. If you all would continue to pray for Sister DuBois, I appreciate that. Brother Harry Mason. Brother Harry Mason is the father of, um, of Deacon Cheryl Thomas, um, healing the the cancer that has reappeared, it has come back. If you all would lift that family in prayer. I'm praying for um, Nicole McDaniels, if you will. Nicole McDaniels, praying for healing in her body. Um, Sister Mary Davis, we're praying today. And Deacon Evelyn Mack and Sister Martina Baxter, Associate Pastor Talia White. We're praying for Velda Jones and Gaylene Musgrove. We're praying today for... The, for, for um, Pastor Richard Dickens in the transitioning of his mother, praying for Ruth Ann Major. We're praying today, continual prayer for Pastor Thurm James and um, Pastor Stephen Tucker and Reverend Harold Brinkley. We're lifting those persons in prayer, and I'm going to ask you, um, even if you have persons' names that you know, you can even call them out even now, and God will hear us. I do want you all to get those names to our office, that we might be able to have that list and continue to lift before God um, the names of persons who need our prayers. Let's pray you all. Father, we thank you today um, for seeing it um, worthy enough of us to even witness another day 
God, you are so powerful and wonderful and so gracious and so kind. You're so loving. You're so merciful. You're so faithful, God, um, that you thought it not robbery to give unto us another day. Another day for us to live and draw closer to you. Another day for us to be convicted in our own conscience and awaken. Another day, God, for us to, in fact, um, draw nearer to you and confess those things that have kept us at bay. Father, we are grateful for you being so kind and merciful and giving unto us another day. Another day. You've, you've given us another day. It's another day. And in this day, God, we know that um, you have given us a reasonable portion of health and strength. And whatever we stand in need of, God, we know that you have um, the necessary um, source that we need to bring healing to our bodies. And so, Father, I pray today, I pray, I pray, and we, I, I pray and thank you for being our source and not our resource. I thank you today for thinking enough of us, God, to supply every one of our needs. Now, Father, um, my, my mama taught me that uh, you are a bridge over troubled waters. You, she taught me that you um, are bread for those who are starving and water for those who are thirsty. Yet you are roof, God, over a shelter in a time of storm. God, my, my mama taught me, she taught me that you supply all of our needs. And so, Lord, even on today, I have enough sense to know that whatever I stand in need of, God, you can meet the supply. So, Father, I pray today for the needs of those persons who are, whose names have been called. I also pray for the needs of those persons whose names were not called, but you know them. I pray today for the needs of the people on this call, whatever those needs are that have been unspoken or even those that have been spoken that I am, I'm not familiar with, but, Lord, you know. I pray for their needs today to be met, believing God that if we stand in faith, if we stand in faith, if we believe that, Lord, we have the faith, the grain of a side of a mustard seed, we can speak to the mountain, and the mountain has to be thou removed. And so, Father, we pray today, we stand in faith, believing that you, God, have all power. And we know that even if we, in fact, that what we pray for, that, God, you have, you have the power to give us even more than what we prayed for. And we also know that, Lord, that whatever we have faith to believe, we also have faith enough to believe that whatever, believe you for whatever we get, however you do it. So, God, however you do it, it's all right with us because we know all things work together for the good of them who love you and are called according to your purpose. And, Lord, we pray to Day, that you would meet needs and that you would give us what we need to stand, God, in, in spite of what we receive from you, because we know you know what we stand in need of better than we ourselves know. Now, Lord, we love you. We, we love you. We love you. We love you. And we thank you for the answers and the solutions and the remedies and the healings and, and whatever we stand in need of that's on its way. We thank you for it in advance, God, knowing that you have all power. In Jesus' name we pray, and all the people of God said amen. 
All right, you all, thank you so very much for your time today. Look forward to um, joining you all back here on next Wednesday if the Lord delays his coming. And listen, don't come by yourself. Why don't you invite somebody else to be a part of the prayer call? God bless you all. Listen, giving you some principles on your mark. Get set. Come on, let's grow. Hey, I love you all on purpose. Have a great day.